da, 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 da. theme song, theme song, theme song. Born Cat Radio. Still working on it. Come on, give me a break. Don't bust my. Anyway, I think it's about time we discuss this pun. This one. One. I think we discussed this one. This pun. I don't know why I said this pun. This one. Anyway, let's start over again. Hi, how are you doing? Ugh. All right, so this one's been kind of bugging me for a while, and I think it needs to be addressed. I think this is something that's needing done here, and I think it's time to just get down to it and say, why, oh, why, 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 are we not using the scientific method to investigate parapsychological cryptozoological, and extraterrestrial phenomenon. Hmm. Why not? Why not indeed? I think it would be a good thing. It just kind of bugs me when you look it up in, uh, like, Wikipedia. And, hey, you can look it up for yourself, right? Wikipedia. Type in paranormal research into Wikipedia on the Internet. What do you find? called a pseudoscience, right? It's all called a pseudoscience. Basically just an exercise in futility as long as uh, it's not taken seriously by the scientific community, then basically that's what's going on here is that nothing. Nothing. I've uh, seen it, read it. I've read it uh, online that as long as uh, these uh Paranormal research groups and paranormal research TV shows and paranormal research TV show groups. Oh gosh, they all it's there's blurred lines in between really, and that has nothing to do with Miley Cyrus. Ugh, uh, blurred lines. Ugh. <clears throat> but it has nothing to do with uh, any of that really. They basically the thing is. That if, um, well, if paranormal research wants to be taken seriously, it's got to start using the scientific method, right? Right. Right, right. Now, if you watch the shows real closely, and I will say this to their credit, that they are using at least most of the scientific method. Most of it. Yay. Most of it. Ooh. Wow. I'm, yeah. Ugh. We're going to need a little more, guys. Just a little more. Just a bit more. Because, uh, you know, there are at least six steps to it. Six steps to the scientific method. And they are as follows. And they are in the notebook that I have downhill from the bat shop. So they're not doing me a whole hell of a lot of good up here. <laughs> Sorry. But I will be going down to get it in a bit for the next segment. But really, I do remember that the first step is the question. And the question I have to start this right off is, is the scientific method going to be applicable to paranormal research? Now, a lot of people say, oh, no, no, no. And some people just say, well, we'll, we'll take what we want to use and leave the rest. Oh, uh, boy. That's not going to work. 
that's not going to work. You're going to have to use all at least six steps. So what I'm going to do, and this is going to have me splitting from a lot of my colleagues, both philosophically and maybe even physically, is I'm going to have to go about this, even if it's got to be on my own, taking the scientific approach to uh, research of these phenomenon. It's not going to be exciting. It's not going to be fun. I'd actually rather it wasn't. I'd rather it was, you know... I mean, sure, it can be fun and all that stuff. Otherwise, it's just work. But I don't want a lot of goofing around with it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to apply the scientific method to every investigation, every case, from July 4th on. Alright, let's close up the shop here. The investigation area I'm using is the bat shop, because, well, I figured I'd just go ahead and use it during an investigation, otherwise it's just all talk. It's not enough to uh, simply say, I am Iron Man, and uh, just carry on doing the... What was that? Ah, uh, okay, thank you. Thank you. 12-inch tall talking Iron Man action figure. I just figured I'd add some credibility to the case. <laughs> well, you gotta have a little fun too, right? I mean, you can have a little fun without killing the credibility, because really, who are you gonna trust? Robot or a human? Stick it, Skynet. So... The second step of the scientific method is research. Basically, research the question, formulate, uh, get the info. Basically, previous, uh, how it would apply to paranormal investigation is previous sightings, testimonies, things like that. Now, with the bat shop, um, I've noticed some strange things going on here from the get-go. Basically, the bat shop is um, <clears throat> my garage up here. And uh, I've I've glommed onto this because, I mean, for years and years and years, I well, all my life, I've never had a garage. And for me, this is a really big thing. I mean, this is my makerspace. This is my man cave. This is my getaway area. And it's also what's being used for now is basically it is the Barncat Radio Studio. And uh, this is your host, Barncat, and I am once again hosting another paranormal, paranormal moment that could possibly be used for KAVZ 102.5 FM's paranormal moments on uh, the Voice of the Valley down there in Van Zant, Washington, over there, over east from where I am. Sitting, at least. So, the bat shop. Basically, I've heard things moving around in here. Stuff uh, getting moved around, tapped, scratched, stuff like that. And every now and then, I think I can hear a voice. Now, one day I brought up my cat up here. I brought uh, Zinda up here so she could sniff around and maybe rule out the mice hypothesis. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I got everything set up and realized I had to go to the bathroom, you know, take care of business. 
enough said. <laughs> and so I left her up here, but I left the recorder on up here. And when I came back, she was nowhere to be found. She was hiding somewhere in there. I could, I could hear her somewhere in the garage, but I didn't know where she was. And I noticed a lot of totes on the ground. We have these big plastic totes of various colors to hide in, hide uh, Halloween and other holiday decorations in. And they were over. They were tipped over. So I go back and listen to the recording, and I can hear... I can even hear her sniffing the recorder. She walks up and sniffs the recorder. And then a little bit after that, you can hear her just kind of going away. And all of a sudden, crash! Loud noise. And these were heavy totes, too. Uh, very, very heavy totes. They didn't lend themselves to just a light shove or anything of cat strength giving them a push or a pull or whatever these things went over with a bang and scared the heck out of the poor cat it took hours just to coax her out from the corner there and uh, get her you know out of there and back to the house in fact she was so happy to get back into the house from the garage that she nearly tore my arms up in leaping uh, off me and running inside just looking for a place to hide and calm down Poor thing. So, basically, cats don't make very good Scooby-Doo's. Not all cats do. They can see the stuff, but I don't think they're willing participants in investigations. So, that was the most major thing to happen up here in the bat shop. And, basically, that is my number two step uh, in the process of the utilizing the scientific method in this investigation. Step three in the scientific method is hypothesis, you know, conjecture, form an explanatory uh, thing. Basically, can we find? Well, the hypothesis really just doubles in on itself as the scientific method itself and how to adapt it to paranormal research. Basically, the first step of the scientific method is question, observation, observe, define, uh, or in terms of uh, paranormal research, is there any, is there any ghost here? Is there any Sasquatch out there? Is there any UFOs up there? <clears throat> Number two is research. Question, formulate, gather info, info you know, basically review the testimonies, uh, review the sightings, that have happened in the space that you're going to investigate. The hypothesis and the conjecture and the forming an explanatory, uh, you know, formula, can we find thing here is basically this. Number three, applying the scientific method to the investigation. Number four, test, make a prediction, experiment, collect data, or what we call, well, at least a large part of it, looking for EVPs or other electronic uh, interaction, psychic or electronic interaction, actually. Number five of the scientific method is analyze, test, interpret, or what we call as the review, basically where we take what all is on our audio and our video and our basically our human recollections and try to form up a big picture summation of... Uh, what we believe we have undergone with this.
And number six, the sharing uh, report, the iterating of it. Conclusion, concluding the case, publishing, or what the folks who do this professionally call the reveal. So that is the report on that. <clears throat> the most important part of scientific method is that there, these results have to be repeatable basically provable so that anybody with the right amount of knowledge and right enough equipment can go in there and reproduce these um, results for themselves. Now the cheap and easy way to do this at least for a lot of these sites and uh, areas that have been investigated for a long enough amount of time is to go back and see what has been done by previous groups and if they're all coming up with similar enough results and all that, it would seem to prove that the area warrants merit and uh, credibility as to there some, being something going on there, something paranormal going on there, be it parapsychological, cryptozoological, or extraterrestrial. Those are my three favorite words, actually. Let's go ahead and re re refine them, define them, <laughs> whatever, let you folks know. A little bit of uh, what they mean, or at least what they mean to me. Parapsychological applies to the powers of the mind and ghosts and those unseen powers that live right alongside us, exist right alongside us, every day. Cryptozoological involves the study of hidden animals, animals out of time or out of place. Out of time, you think they're extinct? Nope, they're still swimming around in Loch Ness. They're this, they're that. Out of place, giant cats in Ireland, phantom kangaroos on the east coast of America, the United States, uh, chupacabra, I don't even know where that one was, but uh, that can be applied to cryptozoological research. Extraterrestrial, now this one will get you because it's literally quite out of this world. Pause for applause. Ha, ha, ha. That was good. <laughs> Extraterrestrial. UFOs, aliens, spacecraft, intergalactic, interdimensional, you name it. They got it. Believe me. They got it. So, that's number three. The hypothesis. Can we apply scientific method research to an investigation? And in this case, we're going to use the bat shop. So we'll move on to the next part of it in which we actually investigate. Scientific methodology back again applied to paranormal research. Step five, um, analyzing the test, uh, test results, interpreting them, basically the review. Now what I like to do is try to pick a quiet place to do all this stuff in, and when you have a six-year-old kid, the, the quiet places aren't uh, often <laughs> available to do this, because it's like, Daddy, 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 and I'm like, no, what, why, uh, okay. <laughs> so, basically, that's why I'm up in the, in the bat shop up here attempting to do this uh, up here instead, therefore to uh, guarantee that I can uh, hear what's going on up here. Notebook in front of me. 
These are really nice. They're super cheap. You can get them in almost any store for about uh, 89, between 89 cents and maybe even a dollar 19 at the top most. They're about the size of your wallet, which means they can travel anywhere with you. And well taken care of, they are durable enough to weather most weather, except for rain. Don't get soaked. Your ink's going to smudge. Your handwriting will turn tie-dye, and it's just ugly. Open up to a page in this. In fact, if you have one of these on hand in front of you, or you can find one, pause the show and grab one. Uh, look for it here. Basically, I divided the page here into three parts, three even thirds here, columns that I can write things uh, down on. The first column on the left will be the files on your uh, digital recorder or even camcorder, whatever file number designation it gives you for the storage of that particular audio or video file. The second column, or the middle one, I write down the times, the times that the sound took place. So basically, I can go back to the digital recorder on review and, uh, you know, to show others, whether it's uh, in person or online, uh, what sounds I got. And we did get a couple sounds, but I'm going to save that for the next uh, segment of this show. And the third column is audio, or what's heard. I used to call that what's said or what's heard, but sometimes just audio phenomenon shows up here as well. So, we're going to look into that as well. Once you have those three columns written up, you are ready to sit down, strap on the headphones, or turn up the speakers, Relax, find yourself in a comfortable place, and uh, settle yourself in for the long haul. Now, there's some difference uh, that people have found in how they prefer to do these recordings. Sometimes people want to do them in short segments and then go back to listen to them immediately while they're in the area that they want to investigate. The other school of thought or sound, or sight, is um, just going ahead and doing the long recording all the way through, at least for an hour or 45 minutes or whatever, however long it takes, and then just reviewing that at home instead. That way you're sure to not miss anything that goes on uh, while something is going on. That's one of my worries, personally, is that something will happen while I'm reviewing what I'm looking for. Something goes ahead and happens anyway, and I miss the recording. I guess there's something to be said for the two-fisted approach, a recorder in each hand. One doing all the way through, and one doing the, the live back-and-forth interpretation, just in case you have something that wants to talk to you right away. You can start uh, doing a little bit of back-and-forth communication with what's going on with these short-form recordings that you have. But if you want to throw an entire uh, net over the stream of parapsychological consciousness, you just go for the long-form recording and just set that thing down and let it do its thing. Make sure you have those batteries charged. I can't tell you how frustrating it is 
to go out into the field, get all prepped up, hyped up, ready to go. This is the thing that you wanted to do for a while, looking forward to it all week, get to the case, and actually, boom, your batteries are low. Bad. Next we review. Scientific method step process number four, a step of the process <laughs> in, in applying to the uh, usage of the scientific method in paranormal research. Hmm. Gotta have a water bottle on hands. On hands? On hand. Especially during the summertime. Ugh. Heat. No. Not friend. Sunlight. Bad. <clears throat> I'm just not into it. You guys can have it. I'm not. It's not for me. So we're going to test. Make a prediction. Basically do an experiment in an attempt to collect data or otherwise attain an EVP. Right here in front of me is the K2 EMF meter. Basically, this is the one that was uh, made in the USA by K2 Enterprises in Camillus, New York. And it measures energy output in terms of milligasses, electromagnetic frequency emissions in terms of milligasses in an attempt to gauge the presence and communication of discarnate entities, spirits, ghosts, things like that. There also must need to be done an actual investigation into whether these all these toys and gimmicks and devices and doodads and gadgets and what's-its have anything to do with actual paranormal research. I think it's... Because if not, it's time to get back to basics and rewind the tape a little bit and, you know, stop doing everything everyone else is doing and start doing what is actually proven to work just in case sometimes it's good to go back to basics back to formula so I'm going to set the, e the K2 meter up over here a far enough distance away from the smartphone that the smartphone won't start this up and cause things to spike on there Equipment number two, the Olympus Digital Voice Recorder brand VN-7200, uh, designed by Olympus in Tokyo. It's designed by Olympus in Tokyo, the Olympus Corporation, but it's made in Vietnam. Interesting. You know, you slow down and actually read these things, you learn a little something. I'm going to go ahead and turn it on and press record now if you guys hear anything uh, during this EVP session for all intents and purposes you are investigating right along with me awesome so let me know what you heard during the broadcast and approximately where it is and you shall will we will be fully credited with the find Alright, I'm just going to go ahead and start the EVP session rather informally. I don't expect anybody invisible in the garage right now with me to jump through any hoops, but I do want to get to know you guys better. There's a lot of people in the world that want to get to know you guys better. This is your chance to get the word out. Let us know how you're feeling, what you're doing, what it's like, where you are. So, 
this is your chance to step up and dance. Or, you know, just speak. Again, I say to any presences in the garage that have been in the garage, I've heard you up here before. I think I've heard you up here before. So I'd like you to give me some words. Give me some speech. Communicate with me. Let's talk. Now, assuming that was long enough to allow them to at least give me at least one or two words in reply here, I'm going to go ahead and conclude the EVP session, Electronic Voice Phenomenon attempt recording here, and uh, get on to the next step of the process where we analyze uh, whatever we think we may have up here. So that's the next step in the process, is taking all your audio and video and photos and stuff like that and analyzing them. It's not fun, but it's necessary. Step six, sharing and iterating. Uh, conclusion, concluding, basically publishing and reporting your findings <clears throat> in what parapsychological research, at least on TV, shows as the reveal. This can be done, you know, with family, with friends, fellow believers. The client that has contacted you to do this case, basically, this is you turning in your work to be graded by the public at large. And you got to be prepared for various reactions uh, to what you have found. I mean, you may think that you have the most key, solid evidence in the world, but... It really won't matter like a hill of beans to others if they don't, you know, believe it. That's out of your control, but there it is. Matter of fact, I do have two audio files here myself. Let me flip to the page here where I wrote down my findings of this particular short little investigation here. I'm going to turn on the recorder here. Uh, my file I have written down, I'm on folder C, and I, I try to, um, remember what folders I used by applying them to the case. C is, C stands for cast, or podcast, and that's what I'm doing here. All told, it was only a total of three minutes and 51 seconds, but they're, they were quite telling right there towards the end. File 10, uh, between... Now, this is doing on the seconds countdown. Between 50 and 48 seconds, I hear a grunt noise. Now, that's what I hear. I'm going to let you guys decide what you think you hear on this one. Let's look it up here and get right to it here. Now, these are going to be really easy to overshot, overshoot in terms of file review here, so I might have to march back. Okay, here we go. Coming up here that. It was like a grunt noise. Now it sounds kind of similar to my voice and all that, but it's slightly different in tone and timbre and all that jazz. That was um, 
while I was typing in the title for the show that I did, the show segment, this show segment of it, typing it in, anyway, <laughs> while I was typing that in, that, uh, that mm, noise occurred. This one here was towards the end of it. Uh, it's not necessarily an EVP, more of a K2 interaction and, and my taking notice of it. So we'll go to uh, 21 seconds all the way to the end of the clip is when the K2 goes off. Let's see here, find it. Come on. to review this recording here. Yeah, you can hear the K2 going off there. Going on here. The K2 is now going off. I've got a secondary green. Okay, it just died down again. Really odd. Interesting now. And just in case that was you guys. Uh, this recording here. Pause. Pause it. Uh, secondary green is basically you're looking at the front of the K2 meter. It has an array of different colored LED lights, five in total, all told. Two green ones, in the center a yellow one, and then orange, and then red. Red is anything 20 plus in terms of milligosses, the measurement of uh, electromagnetic energy. Secondary green is about point, uh, 2.0, uh, looking at the measurements here, between 1.5 and 2.5, I place it at 2.0 milligosses of uh, electromagnetic energy being emitted there. Let's go ahead and listen to that last part again. K2 going off. I've got something going on here. The K2 is now going off. I've got a secondary green. Okay, it just died down again. Really odd. Interesting, though. And just in case that was you guys, thank you. And that's the end of that recording, so that was my reveal. How you like?